0: In this episode of The Phantom Jukebox, we continue our journey into the world of Scientology's music by taking a look at the songs and poems written or inspired by L. Ron Hubbard. And we're live. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsey. And I'm Joseph Shannon. And we're two musicians that dive into the world of music, their myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. You can find uh, this episode and other episodes like it on
0: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Good Pods, Samsung Free, any of your major streaming platforms, we should be there. And if they have a rating feature, uh, five stars would help us out so much on our end to like, you know, to climb up in algorithms and things like that. And also to tell us what you think about the show. So maybe not it has to be five stars, but I'm gonna be honest, those you, do help the
1: most. You can be honest, but can be, be helpful, honest. you know? Be yeah. honest, but be helpful. <laughs> five stars are good critiques. We'll take either one. You can also find us on Instagram at Tik and TikTok at Phantom Jukebox Podcast and with Phantom Jukebox on Facebook and X. Oh, that's such a <laughs> horrible, but yes. Come we, talk to us.
0: The The platform formerly known as TikTok.
1: Well, formerly known as Twitter. Twitter, thank you. I don't know. Twitter, don't, now X. X. New rebranding. We're, new year, new me. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even. Same old cancelable tweets.
0: <laughs> uh, just a quick announcement at the top of the show. Uh, at on uh, December eighth at eight PM, uh, the Gray's Tap Room podcast, our good friends uh, Mike and Tab, are going to be hosting a podcast charity event for an animal shelter. Uh, they're going to be doing a twenty four hour live stream. Wow! Which we are going to be making a guest appearance yes. on, I believe, on the second day. But we've got they've got a whole like basically every hour is just that's different man. people they know and they're just going to like power through it so we're gonna we're gonna be there to like it's
1: no sleeping
0: cheer that 24 hours man straight they've done Ooh. one before uh but this one um they're raising money for uh animal shelters so it's a pretty pretty good pause uh, good pause good pause it's a good cause good cause for a good pause it's the kentucky humane society because they are our oh, nice. friends from kentucky and they uh, have
1: dogs too. I am more than happy to uh, be a part of that for a, you know, a segment of this twenty-four hour long live. <laughs> we'll just, I, I, don't know about doing a twenty-four hour live myself. Oh no, I don't know. I don't. Maybe for a charity event sometime in the future, but
0: uh, I don't know. Maybe we should show up with like pillows and stuff and look like we just woke up from a nap. Like, oh, hey, guys, up
1: <laughs> Every hour on the hour. Just, yeah, just, uh, you know, just uh, sleeping to get up the energy for this hour. That's, that's how we start, and it just never looks better. You know, <laughs> 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 it never. It's all just that same level of just waking up. December 8th at 8 p.m., uh, be there
0: for the uh, Kentucky Humane Society live st- 24-hour live stream for the
1: charities. Good cause for a good pause. Yeah, hey, you know what? They that can take be that. their that should be their catchphrase, honestly. I think so. You're welcome, Kentucky.
0: <laughs> anyway, so onward to part two. Mm. So pretty excited to get into this one because this uh this is one of those two parters that uh we kind of thought it might be, uh, Dakota and I. We weren't sure.
1: because
0: mm. uh, we started like I, I started the research on this one and then it kind of took a different turn. And we thought for part two of this, the first part was like how, you know, the history behind the music. And this part would be about the music itself. Yes. So I have listened to seriously. A disturbing amount. A disturbing amount. Literally four four albums out of like the five that I know are mainly associated with Scientology that we're going to go over today. There's one I listened to a little bit and you're going to find out why. Actually, technically, almost, there's six albums associated with Scientology, but one of them we're going to talk about on our Patreon because it doesn't quite fit this. Ah, it, I see. It kind of happened before our main timeline of the our last episode because that one happened in like the mid to late 80s. Okay. And the Patreon episode is going to be about the music he did like basically on the water while he made- Getting banned from ports. Allegedly. May yes. or may not have been fleeing several governments and or, you know, various forms of FBI type
1: personnel. You know, I mean? I mean, if that's not like muse for songwriting material, I don't know what it is. I, you know, <laughs> Willie Nelson sure got a, a good, uh, you know, good there's, couple tapes out of that. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm on a boat, you know, wanted by the FBI. With your and I, floppies. You know, allegedly. Uh, that's the only thing that's alleged in this sort scenario. Um, you know it's just it's just the federal bros
0: incorporation (laughs) just it's just making sure your hat back your hat's backwards right you know got your suntan lotion on
1: there's a lot of times like that for me and i'm just like well you can't not write music in this scenario
0: quick quick recap of what we covered if this is your first episode buckle up you missed out (laughs) here's here's the spark notes uh in part one we discuss what makes a cult and uh that the word cult wasn't originally a derogatory term. It was originally meant to do, to describe less popular religious practices or social movements. It's, it's, it's kind of like, um, the, a polite way of describing something as like an odd or offbeat, something that, uh, someone might do. And there's still, uh, uh, uses of that today. Right. Like cult classics, you know, yeah. Rocky horror picture. Pulp fiction. Yeah. Um, well, Pulp fiction's not necessarily like cult classic.
1: Oh, I mean, I, think it definitely was and it, it was and yeah it was but de- i think now it's just a classic but fair point yeah i think in the beginning yeah it
0: wasn't as popular as it is now but uh so it was something like that it was just kind of like an offbeat religious movement or something like that and then it became to what we consider cults now mm-hmm. you know we talked about father yod again uh from one of our previous epi- um in in part one and one of our previous episodes um in the 20th century it was co-opted by sociologists to mean socially deviant beliefs and practices like a UFO cult. Uh according to this is according to Robin Clark, a linguistics professor at Pennsylvania State University. Uh we also covered some cultish behavior, some things you might want to look out for in your bingo uh group.
1: Not wearing deodorant, robes, <laughs> are they French? <laughs>
0: <laughs> cult or french we'll find out <laughs> so,
1: it seemed like a lot of the stories we've touched on cults it's just not a lot of great smells come from some of these living situations you know that's a really that's yeah, solid i mean
0: uh yeah the manson family uh father yod there was um
1: there was a there was a a pungent a uh a pungent pungence. Pungence. if you if you're, think it's a cult just check for a pungence can
0: you find a stick of deodorant anywhere at least axe body spray because then maybe they might just be a d-bag rather than being a cult member Mm. look
1: out for the pungents my dudes
0: (laughs) my my dudes (laughs) remember what they say if you find axe body spray it's okay (laughs) phoenix is good no, it's not. It's terrible. It's, it's a whole other problem. It might be better to be in a
1: cult. I mean, if it's chocolate Xbox body spray, it still might be a <laughs> cult. <laughs> then you're just going to throw up. Um, so some things.
0: Um, so questioning, doubt, or dissent are discouraged or even punished. If you have a free thought that is against the the grain of the cult, mm. you're gonna wind up like and like literally may potentially like chained to a wall, or you're gonna be like, forced to do extra labor outside they won't feed you uh or you could just be excommunicated uh into like you're you're just dead to the cult
1: or made to wear the itchy robes the itchy robes yeah. you will have to wear
0: deodorant and then father yod can't smell your your
1: i don't know meat smell what are you thinking you wear the itchy robes now <laughs> it has the
0: itch. <laughs> weird german <laughs> a german house just a german posh cult oh you've got itchy robes Mm. (laughs) (laughs) they are khaki they're not even funny (laughs) it's the electric khaki robes um also they have like mind altering practices like the itchy robe such as meditation chanting speaking in tongues um uh you know kind of like debilitating work like we talked about Mm -hmm. like literally. Kind of where it doesn't make sense. Like you're, uh, you know, people say, you know, in in different reports that, uh, um, let's just go with are in the allegedly, alleged category. Alleged, yeah. Allegedly. Um, some people say that on uh, Hubbard's, you know, Sea Org boats, that they would be like cleaning the boats constantly and working these like 12 to 14 hour days on the boat. And nobody would really know why. And then, um, you know, that would it's and it gets to wear you out physically and mentally, and really to kind of keep you busy, allegedly, from thinking about the situation that you're in.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, supposedly, you can't uh, think about questions while you're hard at work. It's it is difficult. It's more
0: like if you're also if you're also subconsciously running from the fact that you know something's a little off, Mm. and you just kind of get lost in the zen of like you know cleaning a boat. (laughs) So, yeah, it sucks, but at least it's not facing reality.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Teardrops on my yacht needs to be maybe one of the <laughs> one of the songs on your uh, ATF uh. tapes. <laughs> so, uh, leadership also dictates, uh, sometimes in great detail, how members think, act, and feel. Uh, members sometimes, and I mean, in literally we talked about Sea Org, I mean, on their website, they talked about how you wear uniforms. Um, they provide all of like your, your stipends and all that kind of stuff. There's mm. the details of which are in that episode, but that's on their website. I know that sounds like a job, but check out that, that episode we did on it. And I'll actually just check out their website if you would like to. Um, and you're going to see, like, in some cases, too, not necessarily C Org, but in other cases, um, like with Father Yod, uh, he did, like, a live birth on, like, let's call it campus, like, in the house. Because they, yeah. they were totally the, we have crystals to make pain go away, and you're not going to, we don't need a doctor here. We have Father Yod. Yeah. You know, a god is better than a doctor. <laughs> so that kind of, like... <laughs> Determining who can go out also like, you know, dating people's, you know, removing people's wives from or uh, significant others from certain, you know, relationships and maybe forcing them to be with other ones is another situation. So and then we covered some interesting practices in Scientology and followed the last decade or so of L. Ron Hubbard's life and his second wind of creative work in nineteen eighty two in his seventies, he now decides to write his first original uh original fictional work in thirty years called battlefield earth
1: okay this is where it starts to come into play
0: yes, so this is kind of like why we're gonna we're gonna take it off from here so like uh in in the previous episode, we kind of started in like the eighties like when sea org became a land based operation as mm. opposed to you know they may or may not have found that Florida was just crazy enough for them. So, yeah, so they landed in Clearwater there for a while. And he has this kind of like while he's kind of like on, he's not, he's kind of like, he's in seclusion at this point. He's like almost self imposed, slash, may or may not be necessary seclusion. Yeah. Uh, just a way like people hadn't seen him in public in like years. Uh, and there's a point where people just stop seeing him in public and all of his stuff is through like, video tapes and like handwritten letters and stuff like or yeah. letters and things like that. So, but he has this like this second wind of like creativity to come back to him. And he writes the book Battlefield Earth, which if you if that name sounds familiar, there's the John Travolta movie uh mm. called Battlefield Earth that is uh about the book and I've seen it. <laughs> it's hilarious. I it's if you want to study editing watch that movie and then just like you'll pick up so many notes of maybe what not to do as opposed to um you know like you'll pick that up faster i think than watching like i don't know citizen kane (laughs) and then trying to pick up on the subtleties of what they're doing rather than having battlefield earth the movie put in your face and you see like the transitions like literally break from the center so somebody's head just literally gets like split in half so the transition starts there not nice. like gory or anything but you know like the star wars wipe is like a circle sometimes or like it, it pushes to the side yeah this literally starts in the center trying to do a star wars yeah those i movie transitions mm, i move the i movie effects may have been better <laughs> than this movie so uh treat yourself treat yourself movie goers um I'm going to recommend that one to you wink wink for <laughs> projects later on. So, he was so this is 1982 and this is in the mm-hmm. era of I of like not high sci-fi but sci-fi in the mainstream being huge. Like we got Star Wars, we got Star Trek, we got Encounters of the Third Close Encounters of the Third uh, Kind, uh E.T., all these big Star uh, um space science sci-fi because star wars is science fantasy not fiction but um all these like big sci-fi properties coming in you know coming to prominence and then the thought is l ron hubbard you know was like i want to get in on this so he writes battlefield earth and he wrote an album to go with battlefield earth Hmm. Uh, he didn't call it Battlefield Earth in the beginning Later, later would be called Battlefield Earth, but he originally called it Space Jazz. <laughs> Hell yeah. So if you've heard that before, that is the. So it was released December 23rd, 1982, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if that was I don't know if that was fact, you know why he did it. But anyway. A 1983 press release put out by Author Services Inc. stated the only original soundtrack ever produced for a book beca- before it becomes a movie. It's kind of like a companion for like the book. At, it's kind of to kind of make it more of a cinematic experience, which is a cool idea. I don't know if it's the first one, but uh, maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't. I don't. I think there were Batman comics on record that you could like listen to or i don't think it's i don't know i don't they claim it's like the first one of these yeah but maybe it's the specific that it's uh soundtrack ever produced for a book before it comes a movie so maybe okay maybe that they're trying to get real specific to be the first at that specific thing yeah um our author services is a is a church of spiritual technology subsidiary so it's a it's a science scientology basically owns it Oh, okay so their own publishing service put out that statement <laughs> so it's not like a it's not like um times magazine or like the the new york times or tampa bay times put out an article saying like hey this is the first soundtrack ever produced from remember this was somebody something that's Scientology owns talking about something else that Scientology
1: owns. So Scientology owns the nine out of 10 dentists that recommend the toothpaste that they also own. Right. And the 10th dentist is dead to them
0: because they question things.
1: Yeah.
0: The 10th dentist is in the itchy road.
1: <laughs> Sorry, the itchy, ropes. In the, the itchy road.
0: <laughs> it's just nine German doctors staring at one man
1: in the itchy road.
0: Anyway, so author services, Inc. Uh, representing, it represents the literary and theatrical, the literary, theatrical and musical works of L. Ron Hubbard. It's an entire publishing service dedicated to L. Ron Hubbard stuff.
1: Nice. Yep. Wish I had that kind of. Right.
0: Yeah. So this, this is still out. This is from their website. This is their tagline. This is from the website.
1: Mm.
0: Poe. Sir Walter Scott, Mark Twain, sorry, Poe, Sir Walter Scott and Mark Twain ended their lives dead broke. That was because they didn't retain Author Services Incorporated.
1: Wow. Strong Uh, statement.
0: Strong statement. And the other two, Poe and Sir Walter Scott, I looked into. Yes, Mark Twain's kind of a wash. He went bankrupt a lot of times, but at the end of his life, he was rebuilding his fortune. Mm. So a little little uh little iffy on that last one, but the other two at least are researched in that regard. Um, I there would be more fun things to talk about, author services incorporated. And if it comes back up, I will elaborate on more. And we'll get there might there's a little bit more later, I think, but we will move on. So going back to Space Jazz, it is the soundtrack and audio companion to the novel Battlefield Earth. It's sort of an audio drama. Like it's mostly mm. music. There's not really there's like one segment with word like I think it's like two or three songs on it have words but most of it is like music in the background to kind of like I guess yeah like you were saying earlier put you in the mood yeah
1: just random sounds
0: atmosphere and music to go yeah. with the scene yeah. you're reading which is a cool idea I gotta give them that it's a cool idea um there are themes for characters and situations so there's like the jailer's got a theme uh uh good boy Johnny I think is the main character's name has um you know, his own theme. Um, And it, it if you were to just to listen to the soundtrack, it does not work on its own. It mm. just sounds like you just said random sounds and songs. It doesn't make sense on its own. Like the narrative isn't there to carry it without the book. And even if you do know the book, which I know the spark notes and the movie for, so I'm not the most learned on it, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't It is a bizarre set of circumstances that I thought I was getting trolled, and I looked around and every link, that's what they had. Wow. So Battlefield Earth is over a thousand pages.
1: Nice.-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: And a quick summary of the plot: By the year 3,000, nine-foot tall aliens enslave Earth and reduce humanity to some 30,000. They harvest the earth's minerals and look for gold. Mm. The album features many prominent musicians, including Chick Korea and Stanley Clark, which okay. in the jazz world, those are big names. I know mm. Stanley Clark. I know a little bit about Chick Korea. I know he's a, a a master composer keyboardist. Yeah. Um, and you have to like the kind of music Chick Korea does to really get into it. Like if you really like jazz, I'm pretty sure Chick Korea like comes up a lot. It's tough for me to sit through a lot of Chick Korea. Yeah. I do like some jazz, but I'm certainly not like the biggest fan of it. I'm not like a, I'm, I'm a metal head and like. Not,
1: not space jazz level.
0: No, no, no. But I mean, Chick Corea and Stanley Clark, I and mean, those are, those are big names, especially Stanley Clark for me as a bass guy. Uh, mm, he's big. Yeah. Um, Hubbard composed the music for this specifically. So this would be this would be kind of like the only one that he directly writes like the most of. We're gonna talk about some later on that he was like, like the inspiration of, or directly he kind of produced more than he wrote for it.
1: Okay, but yeah. this
0: one he wrote music for. Wow, like played on, played on sheet
1: music. Uh,
0: played the I believe he. Uh, we're gonna talk about the music he used. Uh, this the instrument he used in just a second, but um the church of Scientology president, uh, Herber J something can't pronounce that last name. Jen's Dan, Gentish. Anyway, Herber, uh, told the press that Hubbard had produced space jazz around night, uh, December, 1982 and wrote a majority of the songs and lyrics for the computer based music on the album. There's a lot of tenants in Scientology that talk about like conservation and like protecting the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, and there's this like there's this, there's a lot of environmental messages in mm. uh a lot of L. Ron Hubbard's work. And there's a there's a section in the in one of the songs, I think it's the second song, where it's these two voices that sound very similar. And <laughs> one of them is supposed to like there's one guy going, I hear a woman crying. And then one guy's like, What was that, God? <laughs> <To another point. laughs> a woman is crying and then it plays like this like it has this like very soulful singer come in and try to sing Elron Ron Hubbard lyrics and he's like the world is doomed you know this this whole thing like aliens golden it's John Travolta <laughs> and at the end of it, it it cuts to like that wasn't a woman it was the
1: earth mm. <laughs> the earth is crying listening to that would make me want to pollute a lake <laughs> I want to go punch a
0: dolphin <laughs> right now. You know what? I'm going to get one of those like drink, those like plastic drink holder things. I'm just going to strangle a sea turtle just because this album's <laughs> driven me to absolute madness.
1: I'm going to go RKO a gazelle right now. <laughs> so that's our
0: first album.
1: Mm, first so let's, album. Yes. Let's, yes.
0: Let's yes. let's uh, move on from there. I, and this it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's literally like the movie is literally about like John Travolta is like the jailer in the movie because originally he was going to be the main character. Good boy or good boy, Tyler or something like that. Yeah. But he ate like the the movie sadly took too long to get made out of the 80s because the idea was to chase that sci-fi momentum and then, you know, release the next big property. So there'd be Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlefield Earth Mm. was the idea. Uh, didn't quite make it so the movie got made in the 2000s and yeah. then you know by that point uh travolta was too old to be playing the young hero younger He's hero. He in like his 20s 30s and travolta i think was in his 40s uh okay. that time it wouldn't have made sense so he plays the jailer instead travolta was one of the people pushing for this film to get made really badly wow and he plays the main villain and the
1: whole plot is for him just to get cold spoilers <laughs> it's it's <laughs> God oh, damn it. Now I can't see the movie. Oh, just you ruined it for me. Let's just Ty, say I put on the itchy robe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bring th- out
1: the itchy robes for
0: things you may or may not be connected to. I implore you to watch it <laughs> and <laughs> let me know when you do because I want to be there. <laughs> so. Oh, man, you guys will enjoy that one. Um, so now we're going to go on to album number two called Mission Earth. A lot of earth stuff
1: a lot of earth stuff
0: so mission earth was released uh either this is the album now it was either released in 1985 1986 or some say 1989 okay there's conflicting dates um i like some people think that maybe it was released later and they changed it so that maybe he they could say that he had more to do with it i think he had stuff to do with it because edgar winter kind of gets into how the album came to be because uh L. Ron Hubbard didn't really perform he didn't perform on this one because he was you know he's older at this point I believe he dies in 1986 oh okay um so it was written by Hubbard but performed with strict instructions by Edgar Winter and uh edgar winter um if you know you, you know him from a song called frankenstein i believe another song's called flow ride it's the one that's flow ride da-da. oh yeah, yeah yeah um he uh frankenstein's an instrumental i think it's the da 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 da. dena it's a it's a pretty he his he's a he was born i forget exactly what it's called but he he was born albino yeah uh so he has like no pigment and um, he, 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 he was a tall kind of skinny guy and well, he is, he's still alive, but he was, uh, he would play like a keyboard, like around, like the kind of like an early iteration of the keytar, oh. but it would be a keyboard oh. that he would wear, like he'd put straps on it and wear it and, you know, stand up and play it. And let me remind you that this thing had to weigh like 20, 30 pounds. Oh, like it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't a keytar that weighs ounces, you know? This thing weighed a couple like, like 10, 20, 30 pounds because yeah. it's a full-on keyboard. Wow. They didn't make light keyboards in the day. <laughs> yeah. So Hubbard left Edgar these super detailed instructions via audio tape. And they never directly communicated. So they never sat in a room or called on the phone. And he's like, I'm thinking I want this for track two. And by the way. That's not a far-off impression of El Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's just find a documentary if I'm talking. It's painful. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs>
1: Supposedly. Supposedly.
0: He talks like that. <laughs> anyway, um, he would leave these detailed tapes to Edgar uh, for Edgar to follow. Uh, and they would send voicemails back and forth, but uh, which this basic this involved like mailing tapes. Like it's not like Uh, how voicemail works right now, or at least they didn't use that. Like it was all through this kind of like elaborate, like he didn't have, this is really towards the end. So he had like two people, he had less than 10 people for sure. I believe like two people, uh, it was a married couple that he traveled with that were like his like handlers that he he trusted. He didn't trust anybody else. Wow. So these would kind of be like delivered to where like he wouldn't give up his position. Jeez. Yeah. Um, in the book about Hubbard's musical contributions, they have annotations of these messages to winter. <laughs> and this, uh, I found some of these, uh, from a, uh, Todd in the shadows. I think it's called, Oh, really, really good, uh, YouTube channel. So that he had some of these broke down in a really nice way but there's a book talking, there's books dedicated to like his musical efforts that you can buy at like auth that they're obviously published by like author services and various other yeah. Scientology publishing firms. Um, so this isn't, this is one of the, those notes. Now you'll note that this melody has a very dirty bass horn and this is a fairly dirty bass horn. Now you don't get a melodious bass horn. You want a dirty bass horn.
1: Mm-hmm. So take a base bass horn and don't clean it. Make it dirty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, all the mouth noises, more mouth noises than uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> so, uh, it, very much, yeah. Well, it, it's uh, really uh, close to that. Give you um.
1: A, I don't we need a bass horn.
0: But, um, you want to get a bass horn? You don't want it to be a clean one. Why? <laughs> We'll make it dumb and dirty. God, please stop.
1: <laughs> got really uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> so um, so this is another concept album to go al- along with another one of Hubbard's works, Mission Earth, which followed Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth is just the one book, which is a thousand pages. Mission Earth is a, a novel that is broken into ten volumes. Wow. So uh, they were released over the course of two years. Every couple months, you'd get the next, you know, next volume would come out. Um, they range from anywhere from like three hundred twenty nine to five hundred and fifty nine pages each. Wow, that is, it's yeah, it's it's an insane it's thousands and thousands of pages. Edgar Winter, who is uh, <laughs> who ambitiously described it as a, both a return, he just describing the the album. Uh, describes it as uh ambitiously as a both a return to rock and roll's primal roots and yet highly experimental certainly that last
1: love one. that experimental uh it,
0: it's kind of like a caveat for like if you don't like it it's because we were trying something else
1: you know there's a lot of like experimental then it's like it's just you know, maybe we should wait till the experiment's over and you have results and then release those. <laughs> a proper scientific study, if you will. Yeah, you know, maybe just keep the uh, experiments to yourself. Instead of a... <laughs> we don't need all
0: the lab notes. We just need the part that works. <laughs> keep those in the corner with keep the dirty robes. <laughs> the dirty robes and the interns. So uh, here's the plot because this is a concept album that's based on Battlefield Of Earth. course it is. Right. The plot, a group of aliens want to turn Earth into a kind of gas station, so they send Earth's, so they send the story's hero to Earth to keep the humans from destroying the planet. His mission is being secretly derailed from within. Confused? Yes. (laughs) So basically, the hero wants to save us from ourselves so that he can steal our planet later.
1: Ah, very noble. Very noble indeed. Uh, Also, psychology is evil. Oh,
0: oh. which is like a major tenet, and it's just like a a big thing in uh, Scientology that you'll find not big on psychology or self-help. Oh, yeah, of the pre-established and well-researched and documented and proven kind. (laughs) None of that kind. None of that kind. Uh, the book series is not necessarily spreading the gospel, but it is certainly has tenets of sociology of sociology, Scientology built into it. So it's not, it's a science. It's basically like, um, like, I guess you would say like creed is like a, is they're more of like Christians in a band rather than being a Christian band. Correct.
1: Uh, yeah. But like their lyrics are pretty, they're not expressly a
0: Christian band not expressed, like they're not expressly like they didn't set out to be a Christian band. I don't believe no,
1: so. No, they did not.
0: So that's the difference of being the Christians in a band, uh, rather than being a Christian band, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So elements of their music have Christianity in it, but that, that it's not all of what it is. Yeah. If that, if that helps kind of describe, and that's what we're like here to be fair. So this is just like a high concept sci-fi concept album that you get it or you don't. If you read the book, maybe it makes more sense. If you didn't, meh. And these are all kind of like vignettes of different moments in the book series. Um, but it's not like you can't, it's not like the beginning to end. It's not like the start of the story, the middle of the story, and then the, the epic battle at the end. It's like, hmm. There's a part where like these these people hook up. There's like a uh, um uh a city. It's just a, a soundtrack for a nice city.
1: <laughs> but it's but it's not it's not the it's not the story. I love going to, from the the 80s porn soundtrack to the quiet city streets of Brooklyn. Well, we you're kind of wrong about the
0: uh the the porn soundtrack <laughs> so in the book there's a there's a part a portion where he's talking about like you know it's sexy it's so sexy basically he's using mm. that kind of oh yes uh but when edgar renter writes it uh because the, the, the song has the lyrics like show me but he's saying like eh, show me you know it's it's kind of creepy mm. uh but when edgar winter is singing he's saying like show me what it's like to love <laughs> like oh yeah. you know what i
1: mean show me like is this really like Beautiful moment. So you like the best a musician could do with what he's given. (laughs) That is this album to a T. Honestly, you've explained. Show me.
0: Show me. It's got like gospel choirs in the background. I know it's it's not necessarily gospel, but like that kind of choir, that soulful gospel kind of choir. Yeah, singing along with him. It's a. It's Edgar Winter polished a turd, and he actually got it kind of shiny. Hmm. That is just to show how good of a musician Edgar Winter is. Yeah. He was handed an impossible task and got a C. Plus.
1: <laughs> he was handed something doomed for failure. Doomed for and failure. Got a C. He got it.
0: He, it is not the worst thing you've ever heard, but it is certainly like a
1: what? <laughs> what did I just listen to? Thanks, but I'm going to keep listening to what I'd like to listen to. Right. So the books.
0: Uh, you know despite uh, having Edgar Winter involved and Edgar Winter was pretty like he was he was big in like the 70s and he took like a break in the 80s and he hadn't done anything for like 7 to 10 years and this was supposed to be his big comeback
1: oh nice
0: how much do we talk about him now comeback this is why come back, no come no back. stop
1: <laughs> stop <laughs>
0: it's everybody's everybody's being very mean to that man telling him that that's a good song (laughs) someone needs to be honest with him i'm not saying even being mean it's not good it's an earworm it's not i don't understand you and brandon i don't understand uh so though edgar Winter was involved and this was like oh edgar Winter was involved with this project and this is in the 80s now so we wouldn't necessarily know now because of what happened but um the album didn't sell so well but the books did Oh, um, the book sold pretty well, um, which may or may not, allegedly here, be because um members were told to buy multiple copies.
1: Man, I wish I could do that.
0: Um, the audience uh, didn't buy the album. The audience um didn't buy the album, and and it was expected to sell over eight hundred thousand copies so like the book sold well and it was because like i said because like may may or may not i've gotten messages from like you know all their leaders and stuff going you should buy many and hand them out so it kind of like artificially it's kind of like buying likes like when you go to like yeah you go to like some of these like kind of sketchy sites for engagement and it's all coming from like some like weird country (laughs) all surprisingly from one spot
1: well i'm really popular in ecuador yeah
0: and it's because there's this poor shop with all these like kids or people like in it with like 100 phones in front of them liking all your stuff
1: oh you're so cool like
0: subscribe basically it's and they're all i'd say that that are bots and it's like yeah it's it's not good and you don't want that kind of exposure it's kind of what's happening here um because in the end it hurts you um musically though it is a world's better it's world's better than then space Waiter jazz before. Be- space, yes because it got it had somebody like edgar winter involved and critics speculate that this killed his comeback like edgar winter's comeback yeah. completely because th- everyone was like not only were these songs not good and they had music videos for some of them and like the music videos don't look good mm. uh his voice is something to be desired i know people can say that about like i mean with someone i'm one of my favorite bands is megadeth and people will say that about his voice as well. Cause it's kind of like that same problem. It's on easily yeah. side. Um, sometimes Edgar Winner's voice works and sometimes it doesn't, he's more of a musician. Mm. He's more of a writer yeah. and, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's on his own here. <laughs> and I think people thought like Scientology, this is kind of like weird, you know, too. So didn't really help him in the yeah. End.
1: Not a lot of things for it. A lot against
0: it. Not a lot going for him. And, uh, again just want to iterate though that these works were um you know about the works of Scientology it wasn't necessarily meant to be promotional material Mm. you know if you found something in that shore that there's a big song about like you know again like the environment and stuff there's even a music video where he's wearing the denim jacket and it's basically like a it's one of those videos where like he's kind of starting to walk on his own and like it's a bright sunny day and suddenly there's a bunch of people following him like a construction worker a sandwich lady you know Oh, yeah, They're just walking yeah, yeah. down the street and he grabs an apple and he hands it to a kid, and it's kind of creepy when the kid bites into it. It's like, dude, back the camera away from the child. yeah, you're being weird <laughs> you're being Annie, are you okay kind of weird right now, yeah, so um, that is a different story for the next albums we have coming up. Uh-huh, so we're getting into the gospel now, nice, nice, so. Oh. Album number three.
1: It's the Road to Freedom. Road to Freedom. Mm-hmm. Is this one more about Scientology?
0: Uh, no, this is uh, the.
1: <laughs> so this one was also released in
0: 1986. So around the, this, is, when Battlefield Earth came out. This one was coming out like right with it or right after it. Okay, nice. Right around that time, it is by L. Ron Hubbard and Friends. Oh, we know how good the and Friends. yeah we do so the advertising for this album is called uh, and this is why i I, I put it in this section the advertising calls this album the perfect dissemination tool which is like the perfect tool to convert you to something oh good yes it will this guaranteed should convert you into a scientologist
1: okay well let's see
0: let's go (laughs) it features john travolta Uh, The vocals of John Travolta, Travolta, uh, Frank Stallone, who is Sylvester Stallone's brother. Oh, nice. He's a pretty good guitar player, actually. Blues guy Uh, on vocals. And it straight up sounds like a weird karaoke night is the best way I can describe it. It's my kind of night. Mm -hmm.
1: And this one is meant to spread the word. Get it out there. Save the earth. Best way to spread the word is with a weird karaoke night. Damn (laughs) Scientologists.
0: Damn psychologists. (laughs) Um, They spread the words, the word with words like, "Take the route of auditing and once again be free." Auditing, Uh, auditing is a uh, funny, funny that you ask. I got the definition right here, my friend. Uh, What do we have in the background that I can use? Here we go. Auditing is a sequence of actions whereby the auditor takes an individual through times in their current or past lives, with the purpose of ridding the individual of negative influences from past events or behaviors. I love that. That, that is a uh, a jazz read, I guess. a uh, little
1: little uh a snippet and taste of uh what it'd be like if you hop on over to B Sides. <laughs> oh yeah, that's B Sides gets I know I wasn't speaking very highly of jazz before. I like
0: some of it. I too. like jazz, yeah. Uh B-Sides is very jazzy, so uh, especially that uh slow noir jazz. Oh get a nice brandy and uh open the window the blinds just a little bit to get that like lighting in on your eyes and let's mm-hmm. let's ponder stuff. Uh slate.com Uh, Described the road to freedom as the road to freedom still feels like it was recorded in another language and then intermittently translated into English.
1: (laughs) So someone put on a, so someone put it in another language, uploaded it to YouTube and then they use closed captions, auto translate to English.
0: Yes, that is yes. Uh, And these are songs like talking about how good Scientology is and what it's like to join and like how you can be free of certain things. Um, this is the only album that Hubbard actually sings on. Oh, nice. The song is called, uh, ooh, L'Envoie or on long. I think it's L'Envoie and it's, it's called L'Envoie. Thank you for listening. Um, L'envoie is one or more detached verses at the end of a literary composition serving, uh, to convey the moral of the story that makes sense it's kind of like a okay end note kind of thing for reference it kind of sounds like dan steven's voice from the uh, beauty and the beast live action because they enhanced they changed his voice to make it lower
1: yeah has that quality to it <laughs> it really it sounds like they took a, a interview of, and took all of the <laughs> took the lyrics from the interview and just clipped it together and used Tune to make it sound like he's singing oh the the lyric the, the rhyme schemes are all
0: that it's like uh that's have for you to find untrue like
1: it's is, all is this the first AI <laughs> AI of all Hubbard I think I think you would show like you'd, you'd
0: show this like be kind of like you know showing your dog what it did You're like AI did you make this did you make this thing? <laughs> and I was like, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, not me, not no. me. No, stop.
1: I would never. <laughs> I don't hate humanity that much. <laughs> even for me, that's low.
0: low. <laughs> <laughs> how how uh, three? Uh, was it Uh the how five thousand? Whatever. It's like even I have a line. Yeah. <laughs> so oh man so yeah that is a that is l ron God. hubbard's voice like yeah sure seeing at the end and he just kind of closing his thank you for listening and he should because it was it was, a, it was a chore to get through i didn't this is like the first one i couldn't quite make it all the way through oh <laughs> so, but i heard about this one and i had to listen to that song <laughs> um yeah no yeah uh, it's 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 there and it's he's also talking about how like he's he's uh spitting the facts but nobody believes him. And he's like you're a fool basically if you don't believe me is kind of what he's getting at in in this recording in kind of like a mm-hmm, kind of way.
1: Yeah, I I've heard the same uh kind of spouts from, you know, just random people passing me at a Circle K.
0: This <laughs> <It's> kind of <laughs> things they would
1: argue.
0: <laughs> I love when you get out of the recording booth over that and he's like, I think I killed that. Yeah. Someone drop a beat. <laughs> Can you count me in? That stupid jewel song. Anyway, so that was that was that one kind of briefly. Like that was that part of that album was like the main highlight. The rest of it's kind of like, we hmm. gonna get into album number four. The joy of creating. Mm. we've been on a journey so far oh yeah an audio, an audio journey and thank you for being with us so far <laughs> if you like what you've heard so far we've got some more so don't don't turn away just yet leave us five stars or what do you think so far
1: <laughs> Spend a lot of time on these five stars, stars or what you think so far five stars or uh i don't know
0: at a boy or sympathy for uh dakota and i for Doing our best to get through. The, one of the reasons that it took so long to put these episodes together is we had to, we had to listen to this stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of torture you had to go through. There's, there's a lot of torture,
1: and then knowing you're going to be torturing yourself, so then going back to it willingly. It's similarly to uh, Jim Carrey preparing for the role of the Grinch. You may have had to undergo some CIA torture training.
0: Torture training.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that video helped me get through some things. I don't smoke though, which is another. It was a big
0: part of how he survived. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Uh, just again, thank you for listening so far. We're going to talk about the joy of creating. Just from what you've to understand, you're kind of like a, you can almost teach a class Okay, Ron yeah. Hubbard, at least the latter years, latter years of his life. What do you think the joy of creating is about?
1: Mm. It's, it's a big question. The joy of creating. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, definitely, uh, some, uh, alleged tax fraud. Uh, so... <laughs> definitely
0: definitely some alleged (laughs) tax
1: joy of creating has to be about uh, uh, the simplicities in life and how it is such a joy to to create this fellowship that we share in wanting to save the planet
0: you're actually not horribly wrong from the general part but there is a part you're missing about
1: I forgot the itchy robes
0: Mm, Yeah, there's the itchy robes but you're forgetting about the uh you know the forcing yourself to be happy when you know you're not oh you know like every good psychologist says you know when you're fake it till you make it when you're down (laughs) fake it till you make it especially when you know there's something wrong and you need the help (laughs) i'm just gonna say right now that was a joke If you if you, I highly recommend talking to a a certified professional if you if you need that kind of guidance. Yes, wholeheartedly support yes. you. Um, this album might not though, might not support said notions. It was released in two thousand and one, and it is based on the poems and other written works by Hubbard and performed by a host of musicians. Okay, that's why it's kind okay. of okay. I mean, and you know. Uh, Time-wise, it's at the end, but it's also like he had the kind of the least to do with this one. He's the the muse of their inspiration, mm. yes. Uh, and it's kind of a celebration of Hubbard's ideals or songs inspired by him, you know. And, and of course, his other works. It features Isaac Hayes. If you're not, he's a, a huge uh, soul singer, R and B singer. Uh, we a lot of us might know him as Chef from South Park. Oh. Actually, left South Park due to their Scientology episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chick Korea comes back. Edgar Winter's back. And uh, to name a few, um, six of the 15 songs are the same poem.
1: Oh. Mm hmm.
0: Oh. How's that for High Concept? Six of the 15 songs are Hubbard's poem, The Joy of Creating, which is the title of the album. Okay. Six different six different people perform the same poem six different ways. I actually kind of like that. Could be cool, right? It could be really cool. Could be cool if he did like a Poe poem or like a I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know. A lot of there's a guy on YouTube that I think he's like guitar samurai. I can't remember the the name of the YouTube channel, but he had a bunch of other guitarists on YouTube make a a metal song that have aren't in metal at all to see like what their uh, expertise from different genres would be. I think it's the same guitarist. I think he's, he's very, he's very good. Not, not that level of, of talent. No, the
0: talent is there. Again, these are like world-class musicians, right? Maybe except for one of them. (laughs) Isaac Hayes is a legendary R and B singer. Like he knows his way around the mic, or knew his way around the mic, unfortunately. I believe he's passed, but mm. um incredible voice, incredible presence. I think his sounds the best in like a non-kidding sense. Yeah. If you can take this as good, wax enthusiastic just
1: fake everything and eventually the, it'll become real. Um I'm not com- you know, saying that there's a connection between these two things, but you know, with the imagery in my head, uh, as as I'm hearing this, uh, you know, not saying it's connected, um, but just the imagery that of floods my brain, it, right? Just the is, first couple things that come to you mind. It's just like a uh, a Disney villain with like the long, like claws, just like the wide, wide smile, just like saying this under his breath over your shoulder. Fake enthusiasm, yes. You'll soon start to feel so. (laughs) Fake smile. Yes, smile for me. (laughs) Wear the itchy robe. I like when the, I actually do like when uh, they have like the the voice is regular and it slowly adds more and more of that grit to it until it's just like a vocal fry by the end. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really cool, you need you know practice to do, but uh not when you're trying to actually uh influence people to join you know the the happy uh go lucky side of Scientology,
0: so you're telling me if I wanted to start a non nonprofit, mm. I shouldn't greet people with like a white fluffy cat and like twirling my mustache going, "Yes, yes, we'll be doing good things for the world.
1: Uh, maybe if you want to get anyone to join anything, you don't walk up to them rubbing your hands, like, (laughs) close to your chest very vigorously. Yes, yes, I feel here. You don't even have to say anything. If I see that and someone is eyeing me like they're going to start talking to me soon, I'm walking the other way. Yes, welcome to Arby's. Unless I'm looking for a quest. If I'm actively looking for a quest to partake in. That maybe I will go up to the stranger, rubbing his hands uh, in the in the shadows.
0: Oh yes, Boston Market, brave choice.
1: <laughs> I don't know why he's just comment on their food choices <laughs> just following me around anytime I make a bad uh, dieting decision. <laughs> this shouldn't come back to bite you later. No, <laughs> Taco Bell. No, 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 no. no be
0: Taco Bell again. <laughs>
1: you know you shouldn't
0: anyway so there's an acapella version there's edgar winner's bad karaoke version and chick korea's super annoying spoken word over nonsensical piano riffing one hell yeah speaking of chick korea that would kind of bring us to our last album that we're going to talk about Um, this one we're going to kind of just go through relatively quickly is number five to the stars i almost didn't include this but it technically follows under the kind of the parameters that the other one we just covered
1: okay yeah
0: and it's kind of a mix of battlefield uh or mission earth and um that last album and it's it's a it's a concept album that was inspired by um l ron hubbard's works and it's not necessarily he didn't have anything directly involved with it it was released august 24th 2004 by stretch records it's written by chick korea and the chick korea electric band which was a big deal in jazz because i believe the electric band um the chick korea electric band hadn't been together in some time and again if you're in that scene and you like that kind of music that's a big deal for you i don't know if it's like the metallica of jazz but it's pretty big deal um it's inspired by l ron hubbard's science fiction uh novel from 1954 called to the stars and the story is about an interstellar crew which experiences the effects of time dilation after traveling traveling near light speed.
1: actually kind that's, of an interesting yeah, concept. That's that'd be a cool metal concept album.
0: It would. And we talked about that um in in the first part of the uh the, the the first episode that uh he he was a prominent sci-fi writer there for a while. Like he had stuff that got like used and it did uh and that he was well published, yeah. Before like he got into the you know alleged religion business, um, the album is praised in a documentary by um people like the Late Show's Paul Schaefer, the uh, keyboardist, I believe that's how you pronounce his last okay. name, yeah, uh, Sting, uh, Spike Lee, and B.B. King. Wow, praise the album! Like there's a documentary on the album's like kind of website or like YouTube channel, yeah, where they talk about it. Uh, Korea commented in the Harvard Crimson that "To the Stars" represented his three great passions: my passion as a composer and performer, my passion for the electric band as a perfect as a perfect orchestra, and my passion for Elron Hubbard as the ideal artist. Mm. So he is in, mm. he is in, baby. Uh, in the short doc, in this short documentary, he calls the album his favorite recording. Chick Corea has no shortage of recordings. If his entire lifespan uh, span of work leading up to 2004, this was his favorite. Wow. Um, Out of like a, a 100 album discography. Jeez. Something like that. Yeah. Nearly anyway. Uh, Maybe it's a, maybe it was a legit reaction, but the B roll to the footage of the musicians like in studios seem kind of try hard to me. If you watch the, Documentary, yeah. Like they're they're pointing at things, and it's like they point at it, and they really like, yeah, this is great. Like it, it's like they're extras that are overdoing it, or it's like stock footage of like somebody like making a sandwich, or, um, Mm. you know, it's it's almost on par bad acting, like in those infomercials where somebody just can't can't handle all this Tupperware. Yeah, you know, it's the black and white portion of every. uh uh, every infomercial yeah and it's and it's a you know it's an it's an instrumental so it's it's there it's basically music that would be in the scenes i guess it's the concept from before so it's kind of a mix of Mm. the three albums it's it's like battlefield earth's concept but actually done by people that know how to make music and their instruments because if you i listen to like samples of it we're only gonna get into it here but yeah if you listen to samples of it, it's pretty good. Like even I found it pretty interesting mm. as a musician, it might be something oh, yeah. I might study more than just like recreationally listen, uh, listen to listen to. Um, but there's some, there's some top notch musicians in there. I recognize the bass player. I can't pronounce his last name, mm. uh, but I've seen him in other stuff and he's like a big session guy. Yeah. So to learn that he was part of that was pretty interesting. So that will bring us to our conclusion. We have one more album we're going to talk about on our Patreon. Like I said, okay. it, it doesn't yeah. really pertain to this kind of stuff. But, you know, any thoughts or of, of this journey we've been on so far?
1: You know, any concept could be a concept album. Right. If written by musicians. Good musicians. Yeah. I mean... It doesn't matter the concept. If Gojira made a concept album, it doesn't matter the concept. It'd probably be really good. It'd probably be good really I'd actually listen to them like talk
0: about like, I don't know, they're ordering food. Yeah. Somehow it'd be good. And maybe one of the tracks is one of their orders is wrong because one of them's a super picky eater.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be anything and it'd be pretty good. But uh you could ha- you could have a really good concept and not great musicians doing the writing mm-hmm. and you don't you don't have a great ending <laughs> you don't have a great output
0: yeah and and what will we'll, like i think what was the case especially in like battlefield uh sorry mission earth was that edgar winner knows how to make music and i'm pretty sure if he wasn't like tethered to these yeah. odd instructional voice tapes that he got If he was told, "Hey, make a concept album about Mission Earth," uh, I think he probably could have come up with something. Oh, yeah, very possible. Yeah, and I think it'd be one of those things, like "To the Stars." Like, if you don't really know it's about Scientology, it's just a good jazz album. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then with like Battlefield Earth, it's a little more on the nose, but I think it could have been kind of the same thing because Edgar Winter in a different genre is the same kind of level as Chick Corea. Like, they're both prolific musicians yeah i think uh, chicorya passed away unfortunately so you know one of them was but uh you're right i mean just you you hand somebody the concept but you have to be big enough to let the other person do it yeah
1: and i mean it's it's one of those that's like it wasn't any of the musicians ideas to put the come on horse dance (laughs) that wasn't any of their ideas there's, there's a bunch of people standing in the
0: room. He's like, I, I want a horse to do the cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the studio is like, that's great. That's a great idea.
1: Let's do that. Yeah. That's great, Mr. <gasps> that's great, Mr. Hubbard. Cool. But what about the music? They'll understand if they get the book. <laughs> they
0: won't. But they won't, though. Because the book doesn't make a lot of
1: Well, you just didn't read the book at the at the correct BPM. <laughs> you have to read at a certain pace so it matches up correctly. It's Maybe I have thing. to get cleansed or whatever, and then read the book. My yeah. my past evils are getting in the way of me understanding, I'm sure. Yeah. Once you do that, the it completely ma- it makes so much sense. <laughs> it's really like, kind of obvious, I, really. <laughs> I mean, if they took that out, it just wouldn't be complete.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, let's see you later i'm tempted i'm not i don't know if i
1: <laughs> I love that i knew I you love would that. Dude,
0: i'm serious i have been sitting on this for so long i'm so excited that you finally got to <laughs>
1: <this>.
0: <laughs> oh man uh, anyway that's um yeah
1: i mean i i are you converted yet i uh i mean yes uh that's gonna be how i get out of conversations from now on <laughs> and then just back away slowly leave them confused snapping on your way out oh
0: yeah oh man so that is um that is what we have for you and we appreciate you going on this journey and um i guess like the the moral of the story is if you own your own publishing company you can make anything <laughs> you can make whatever the hell you want you make want. whatever the hell you want baby you want you want this you want to put the same poem six times on an album hell yeah brother we got you <laughs>
1: Tell us what you what poem you would put uh six times on You're one right album. Dude, that
0: could be a cool idea. Like what, if, what
1: poem would you put six times by six different artists on the same album? Let us know on Twitter this, at Phantom jukebox underscore, at Facebook at Phantom jukebox Instagram and TikTok at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. I say uh a Dr.
0: Seuss poem. Like a Dr. Seuss poem, like pick a book or pick no, a, for
1: a section. All of the Raven. Oh, the entirety of the how Raven.
0: long do you want this song to be
1: I mean get cracking I, get to I work, mean I guess you know it'll be different lengths for different artists Eminem if he's going fast it'll be like a sh- little short right if he had done in about about 15 seconds uh, Dragon Force probably you know, make it about 10 minutes Matt Heafy by himself and an acoustic guitar it might take a little <laughs> longer <laughs> it might take a little longer don't
0: like green eggs and ham <laughs> Matt Heavey, but i'm not so
1: sure about that acoustic album i i'd probably do Volbeat on there definitely oh my god Volbeat!
0: what song would they the, the raven yeah they'd actually probably do a really good job they'd probably do an amazing for the record job. i think matt heafy would do a good job too and he has some yes. good acoustic stuff so i'm not disparaging him there is one album that i'm not so sure about. <laughs> to be fair my favorite bands have albums i'm not so sure about I have albums. I'm not so sure. <laughs> so, that is fair. That is fair. I'm you know, just, just you know, not a glass house here. Just open, oh, just just open dialogue on it, man. <laughs> Love you, Matty V. Sorry, but anyway, just uh, just want to kind of reiterate now at the, at the bottom of the show. Just thank you everybody for listening. Um, go check out the uh, Gray's Tap Room podcast uh, on December 8th at 8 p.m. Actually, December 8th and December 9th. Uh, they're going 8 to 8, 8 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it's a 24-hour wow. live stream uh, for the Kentucky Humane Society. So they're raising money for, like, the animal shelter in their area. Nice. It's a charity live stream. They're good people, and they would very much appreciate you checking them out. They're very funny. Talk about horror movies. I, they're going to talk about probably just about everything Yeah, uh, for 24 hours because that is a difficult thing to do, and that, this isn't their first go
1: yeah
0: it's the first I believe it's the first charity one but they have done a 24 hour to
1: stream I think maybe to test it out yeah so, I mean I've there are some people that I can talk to for I feel like hours but at a certain point 24 hours is a long ass time that is like yeah no there's there are great friendships out there that
0: I don't think you could just spend 24 hours straight with somebody keep talking like don't just like straight like you got to keep it interesting for 24 yeah. hours and for one of those hours, I believe on the ninth, I'm not, I believe it's on the ninth. we're going to be, you know, cheering them on, uh, I don't know, as much, as many good vibes as we can. You go now, I'm I'm going to go get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, you stay on there. Good luck. I'm going to go get some shit eye. <laughs> they've got a bunch of people to help cheer them on along the way. I think the first, like, six hours, they should be fine. Yeah. It's going to be a different ride for that those last, uh, what, 18? Oh, <laughs> all right, so that is uh that is it for us. Um, you know, check us out on Spotify, Apple podcast, all your major streamers and leave us or re- us a review. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dakota Galvin, our uh, social media sorceress sorceress and producer, for helping me out on the research on this one. It was a it was a task. Yes, it was a task, but it was a very, very fun dive. maybe not so oh. much for episode two because that music gets weird. But it was still uh, fun to look up. Nevertheless, I want to thank Kenny Grooms, our audio wizard, for his his amazing mastering of our theme song. Thank you, Joe,
1: for being here. And thank you, Ty. And thank everyone for listening. Do you want to beatbox you out? And. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't. Until next time, space jazz. Or not. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Until next time.